Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Uh, wow. Uh, just the words of that song. I don't want to move on before I just... I feel like I want to grab this moment. The words that we just sang are a transformative, life-changing prayer of surrender. Uh, now, part of me, I'll be honest, gets to the na-na-nas bit and the other meaningless bit and I was sit, standing there and I was thinking why do they do this in a song uh, and it's a music taste thing and it's a generational thing but you know what it does it gives us space it's just like a music fill it gives us space to realize what we have just been singing open my heart I come before you with an open heart. The, the image of the heart is the, the center of the being, deep within us. God, you do what only you can do. Wow. That's a bold prayer. That's a bold prayer. And then to back it up, we say, Jesus, have your way with me. A prayer of surrender. I want to live in your love. I want to be undone by you. I want to know you deeper. I hope as we've sung these words this morning, it hasn't just been a, an expression of sung worship, but there's a sense of something much deeper and more powerful, whether you're joining us here in the room or whether you're joining us online. We pray we pray every week that our encounters as we gather as the church of God will be encounters that change our lives because we've met with him. So thank you to the team for leading us this morning. And uh, you would be forgiven for not understanding the theme this morning. No, you couldn't be forgiven because it's been through the whole thing, hasn't it? The theme of love. And we are continuing our series uh, broken signposts. And the framework we want to acknowledge again is from a book written by N.T. Wright. Uh, Tom Wright, N.T. Wright, he's a, a great theologian of our time and a prolific writer. And this is one of his books. And of course, the subtext is how Christianity makes sense of the world. This sense that we live in this world, we experience this world. And sometimes it's, easier for, it's easy for us to think, well, my faith, my Christianity, this framework that we are a part of, how does that actually interact with what I'm seeing happening in the world? Classic example this week, Maui. Another, national, uh, another natural disaster that leads to the loss of life. And, you know, where's God in the midst of this? These are the kinds of things that we are wanting to say, well, God actually does have things to say into these spaces through this series. 
And the premise is that inherent in all of us, there is these longings, these senses of what is important, what matters in the world. Inner voices that call us to these certain things. And writers identified them as justice, spirituality, love, beauty, truth and freedom. They're all, I don't know how you capture these things, they're they're all things, they're all matters, they're all longings, they're all aspects of humanity that are longed for across all generations, across all nationalities and cultural settings. They are somehow inherently a part of who we are as human beings. All people either feel uh, these things or hope for these things or have some instinct that they are right and true and should be pursued or at least thinks they're important. This longing, this inner voice, this appreciation in us is a signpost. It's something that points to something more. But as we seek these things and as we pursue them and as we uh, think that they should be uh, primary in our world, we also encounter the brokenness, the imperfection and the hurt of our world. Our experience of these things takes us on paths that are not always what we might imagine. So the signposts point to something more to a reality we don't always experience now, but they are broken signposts. They are broken signposts. Because taken on their own, they will always be inadequate. So the longing for justice, we heard, points to a God of justice. It's a broken signpost because in our world, there is so much injustice. Our, love, our longing for meaning and peace and connection, this sense of spirituality, points us to the God who is personal, true and loving. And this week we consider the signpost of love. The drive in each of us to find another to love and to be loved by the other. And I don't just mean in one close personal relationship. The search for love is displayed all across our culture, isn't it? It's in all our movies in some way or another, and it doesn't have to be a chick flick to contain love. It's in the action movies, it's in the crime movies, it's in the, uh, uh, any genre of movie that you like. You know that uh, awkward dance that goes on on the movie in the background? We see the forensic science scientist and the police officer and there's this interaction going on I must confess I want to from the sideline I want to shout can't you see it why don't you say it oh for goodness sakes just kiss you know there is always this undertone somewhere in what we watch and of course it's a strong theme in musicals drama and popular music too let's take an example of a few In 1967, 
the Beatles penned, all you need is love. Love is all you need. At the other end of the time spectrum in 2020, Lady Gaga, I want your stupid love because all I've ever wanted was love. Now, I'm only picking little bits out of these songs because some of these songs go places I don't want to go on a Sunday morning. (laughs) And, and, And a classic for me from my era, the classic by Foreigner in 1984, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to know what love is. I want. All of these songs are just a sample of the hundreds of thousands of songs that express the human desire to know love. The search for love is actually a search for relationship and it's a search we all experience in one shape or form. It's about discovering that we become more fully who we are when we are in relationship with others. We need relationship at every level in order to be human. The problem is that as with the other signposts, for example with justice, the more we follow the signpost, the more we discover brokenness. People always let us down and we always let others down. We know inherently that relationship matters, but we all manage with depressing frequency to misunderstand one another, to hurt each other, to damage even the most important relationships in our lives and sometimes forever. Now, the word love in the English language is much abused. But whatever its finer shades of meaning, it is ultimately about relationship. It's about being drawn out of myself towards something or someone else. It's about discovering that I become more fully myself when I am in relationship with something else or someone else even if that relationship might be, for a time, with a mountain or a dog or a sunset or a child, a sweetheart or a house or a hospital patient or a colleague or, of course, a significant other or a neighbour. However, love of country has been corrupted into horrific national idolatry and the associated violence. Love for a hobby or a skill can become all-consuming and as in a selfish obsession. And of course, the great love that's held on a pedestal, falling in love happens even when one or both parties have already made lifelong promises to another. You see, brokenness is there all the time. We all find it difficult. We hurt people we really love. Our emotions run away with us and uh, 
take us to places we had no intentions of going. When our emotions rule, it usually leads us into places that are, well, no, not usually, often leads us into places that are completely illogical. And we become obsessive, we cling to what we should renounce, and we turn our backs on what we should hold tightly. For example, the number of times I've had someone in my study saying, but it must be right because we love each other. We put something up on a pedestal. It doesn't matter that the other person's already in a committed relationship. It doesn't matter what the circumstance or background. Love. The broken signpost is being worshipped. We cling to what we should renounce and we turn our backs on what we should hold tightly. And even when we manage to get our loves, our, our friendships, our longings, our likings, our hobbies, even when we manage to get these things into a healthy balance, they sooner or later are disrupted. Whether we like it or not, we will end up standing at someone else's graveside or they will be standing at ours. Yet in the midst of this, something human in us clings to this hope that genuine love exists and genuine relationship exists and we can experience it and be a part of it. This signpost points to something beyond our human experience and understanding. The Apostle John in his Gospel tells this story of love that answers our deepest longings and expresses the reality that we are created in God's love. We're made from his love. We're made for love. And we're made to love. So we're created in God's love. It was in his love that he decided to create. We're made from love. It was out of his love that he brought us into being. We're made for love. We're made to be loved. We're made and created that love would be a part of our world and our human experience. And we're made to love, to give love to others. You see, it isn't just that loves God, uh, that it's not just that God loves, as though love is one of the many things that God does. The God we know and who is revealed in and through Jesus is love. Pure, uncorrupted, incorruptible love. Love that flows between the Father, Son and the Spirit and has done so for eternity. Love that overflows from the, the Godhead into the world and into the hearts and lives of you and I. John, in his letter, which uh, the other John read to us, says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. He doesn't just love. He is love. 
You get the difference? There's something profound in that difference. Because if he loves, then he can stop loving. He can choose to love and choose not to love. But God cannot choose not to love because it is inherently who he is. Who he is. You see, all through the history of the people of God, throughout the Old Testament, God is breaking into our world. He's coming into our world. He meets people in burning bushes, in silence, on mountaintops. And he comes near and presences himself along the way, firstly in a tent and then in a temple. Not a temple, you'll notice, with idols and images because that was prohibited. But a temple or a tent that was like a bridgehead into the world where God comes and meets with humanity. And presences himself with them. And all this, this whole narrative through all of scripture is pointing to the ultimate place where and the means by which God himself will come and live amongst his people. Jesus. So this story of Meeting in burning bushes, in silence, on mountaintops, the giving of tablets, the, the, uh, the creation of the tabernacle, the creation of the temple. It is all pointing towards the ultimate presence of God amongst his people and his longing to be amongst his people in the man Jesus. And this is why Jesus in John chapter 2 refers to himself as the temple. Jesus embodied the living presence of God. He was God in the flesh. You see, the ultimate promise of the Old Testament was not that God would one day snatch his people away to go and live somewhere else in some other time and universe. That The promise was consistently that God himself would come and live amongst them. At the very beginning of the Christian narrative in Genesis 1.27 we read, So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. In his own image. In the image of God. Who is love. We have been created in his image, not just an expression of his love, but the image of his love, made from love, made for love, made to love. It's interesting when you look back through history and current examples around the world, religious temples, the most important thing in the temple is the image of the God. There at the centre. It's placed in, a, in the middle of the temple. It's there to be venerated. It's so that humans can draw near to God. But not the Jerusalem temple. The only image in the Jerusalem temple were human beings. Embodying the very image of the God they came to worship. 
a profound truth, folks, that we really must grasp. That the ultimate human being, the perfect image bearer, Jesus then breaks into the world. And again in John chapter 1, the word became flesh, made his dwelling amongst us or tabernacled with us, put up his tent amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Now we all know if we have been followers of Jesus for a while, we all know this up here. We know that this is the Christian teaching. But this is the kind of truth that has to drop down into our souls because this is the kind of truth that shapes us when what we see around us screams at us that We're not seeing it. Where, you know, that great question, where is God in this? See, through his work, his suffering, his death, and especially through his resurrection, Jesus is the beginning of the fulfillment of the promise of God to reconcile and restore all things. famous verse that we've seen everywhere, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This famous verse, folks, this famous verse, in this understanding of God's desire to meet with his people, this verse becomes far more than a simple statement on a theology of substitutional atonement. Rather, it speaks of God breaking into our world as an expression of his love, of drawing alongside and living among. With it comes the reality of love. This is what the broken signpost points to. The deep human longing, that sense that somehow we're wired for this, it's pointing to this very thing. The fact that we can know and we can experience the love, the relationship that we long for, aspire to and strive to. The damaged, blemished, imperfect, painful, fallible human relationship dynamics that we all go through point to this greater reality. God loves you. God loves you. Not in theory, not in some kind of esoteric fantasy, not in a world or place that is yet to come now. Here, in this moment, God loves you. God, out of his very being of love, has loved you. How do we know this? Look at the accounts of Jesus' life, his work, his teaching, his practice, and most importantly, how he gives himself for the other. So God has come to us 
and has wonderfully made a way for us to know him. Perhaps my life verse, 1 John 3.1. 1 John 3.1. See, see, do you have eyes to see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, for that is who we are. In the words of the band Foreigner, do you want to know what love is? Do you want me to show you? Then here it is. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Through him, God has lavished us with his love. Not in warm fuzzies, not in emotional shallowness, but effectual love. Love that changes things. Love that radically transforms lives and changes who we are. From a people distant, cut off, uh, backs turned, refusing to being daughters and sons of the living God. God comes near. This is my life verse, as I say, in a way, partly because of my own experience. Just briefly, so I was studying engineering, uh, scientific kind of mindset, had no place in my life for a God that you couldn't uh, see, couldn't explain really, couldn't rationalise. So I used to be quite a vehement arguer against the reality of God. Just to get into some pretty strong conversations at uni about it. Until God brings a person into my life, we build a friendship, and that person invites me to a, uh, a rally. God Smith of the uh, John Smith, God Smith, John Smith of the God Squad, and uh, up in Belair in a community hall there, and it's the weirdest experience. Especially when he gets to the end and he has one of those things that evangelicals occasionally do, an altar call. Man, if you're in a room where you are convinced that God doesn't exist and they do an altar call, it is very uncomfortable, strange, weird. So I'm standing there, heads are bowed around me, I'm looking around the room, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I know what my friend here and their friend there, I know what they're praying. I know, I know what's going on here, you know. No way. No way. And without a word of lie, the next thing I know, I find myself on my knees at the front. God came near to me. Not from a posture of humility, not even from a posture of surrender, but sovereignly, he came near to me and dragged me to the front. And I am in, you know, I'm this tough anti-God bloke. I'm a pretty normal Aussie male. You don't show emotions and I'm a blubbing wreck. And so began an adventure. So began a great adventure. You see... It doesn't matter where you are at. 
It doesn't matter what posture you have. It helps. My goodness, it helps. If you can pray a prayer like we began just before uh, I came up. <laughs> if you can you know, pray a prayer that says, God, I don't even know if you're there, but if you are, I really want to meet you. you know, if you're in that space, whoa, you're blessed. Um, God's beginning to do something in you. Answer it. <laughs> Ask it. Seek it. Push into God. But if you are still arms folded and God is not there, watch out. Because God can still hound you with his love and presence himself into your life in a life-transforming way. From people distant and cut off to daughters and sons of the living God. Now, for those of you who are recipients of this love, we receive this love, this presence of God in our lives. And when we do, we become better image bearers. We've always been image bearers, but we become better image bearers of the God who is love. Because God dwells on us in a richer way through the Spirit. And as such, we're therefore enabled to live out the encouragement, the command of Jesus himself, that we are to be a people who love others. So in this broken world, in this world of broken signposts of love and experiences of love, if there is to be a shining example, it should be the church. We are to be a people who love others. In our frailty and ongoing perfection, we also become embodied signposts towards God who is love. John, later in his gospel, in chapter 13, says this, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Here's the kicker. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Here's this sense that as those who embody love, those who express love one to another in a broken world, we are demonstrating to the world and they shall know that we are the followers of Jesus the daughters and sons of the loving God. So amidst the longing for relationship, the broken experiences of the relational dynamics in our networks and worlds, a signpost points. Sure, it's a broken and damaged signpost, but it directs us to the reality of God who is love and who is present amongst us in this world. Do you see him today? Do you see him online as you listen to this? Do you see him as you sit in the pew? Do you see him as you leave this building and enter into your week and whatever it will hold? Will you respond to this God who so loves that he comes to us.
to his created image to humanity. Will you stand with me? We're going to pray together. Father, we stand here this morning, many of us knowing these truths in our, heart, in our heads, knowing them as something that has been taught over and over, knowing that somehow they fit at the very core of what it means to be called Christian. But Lord, forgive us where we've, we've kept it boxed where we've kept it as an intellectual or theological understanding, as a, as a doctrine of the church or something that I believe. And in this moment and in this day, whether we're in this room or gathered with us online, God, take this truth and make it real in my soul. Jesus, do what only you can do. Come and have your way with me, have your way with us. As another song says, break our hearts for what breaks yours. That we would be a people of love, a people of justice, a people committed in this world to your mission of reconciliation and restoration. And whatever our circumstance, whatever our stage of life, whatever struggles, joys, hopes, dreams, whatever's going on for us, whatever it is that we experience in our humanity, help us to live in your love. Lord, where there is hardness in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, may we become undone by your love. And we pray this, that we would know you deeper, that we would know you richer, that we would know you more fully, that the, the, the fruit of who you are, the fruit of the Spirit, the sense of what it looks like to be in the image of God would become greater in us. Not that we can pat ourselves on the back, not that we can cheer each other on, but that we would be the best beacons in this world, pointing people to you and partnering with you in your wonderful mission and purpose. So we stand before you this morning and surrender ourselves afresh into that mission and into your love. Father, any who are here in the room or watching online who, who don't know yet whether they're there. Father, this morning I pray, give them of yourself the ability to surrender. Do something sovereign like you did with me or, or whatever's right for them because we're all on different journeys. Be God to them. Open eyes. Take away scales. Break down uh, intellectual arguments. Push through circumstance and pain. Hound them with your love, God, 
so that they too can set out on this great adventure of doing life with you and with your, uh, with your daughters and sons that are our family. So God, we pray this in the name of Jesus, the one who you sent into this world, that we could be reconciled with you. And we pray in his powerful name. Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.